Hey there, and welcome to the devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Thursday, December 21st, 2023, and today is our 244th devotional. And today we're looking at Mary, uh, who was a young lady who focused on what God wants to do, which made her potential greater than what it would have been before. So uh, we've been basing this off of Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says this, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that he might receive, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And so Christ came at the right time to the right parents. And as we look at Mary and start to think about her, one of the things that stands out to me about her was just her statement that she made to Gabriel as he's getting ready to leave her. Uh, she ends the, the conversation this way uh, in Luke chapter one, verses 38, it says this, and Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. So what was going on with Mary here, and uh, what can we learn from her? Well, you find uh, in the previous uh, about 12 verses, this conversation between Gabriel and Mary, and when Gabriel shows up to Mary um, and, and starts talking to her, uh, the the way that he addresses her, it's it's really interesting to see because um, it it's it focuses on the fact that God was showing a favor and God had seen her and God was having mercy on her, um, and, and it also points out that she was in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time. She was. A virgin. Uh, she had not known uh, anyone at that point uh, as far as husband and wife relationship, uh, but she was in a relationship with Joseph. She was espoused to be married to him, and, and so she was in the right place, doing the right thing. She was doing what she was supposed to be doing, and she wasn't trying to be um, what you might say a, a superhero person. She was just doing what she could, uh, doing what she could where she was. And, and Gabriel says to her, you're highly favored of the Lord. Uh, you will be blessed because of this. And I find that so interesting because everything is from God when it came to her. She, because she was in the right place, doing the right thing, and she was of the right line, uh, it appears that even her parents had maybe had a part in this, that uh, she was of the lineage of David. And, and you can trace that back uh, and see how she was uh, of the tribe of, of, of David through uh, Nathan, uh, David's son, Nathan. So um, it, it's interesting to see there, but still God was the one doing all the work and God was the one that was going to bless her. Uh, why did she find favor? Well, because of God's grace. Uh, just because of God's grace, she found favor. Uh, and because she was where he could use her, and she was a vessel that was usable for him. Um, so 
I find it also interesting when you read through the account, uh, she makes almost the exact same statement uh, that Zacharias had made uh, not too many verses before. Zacharias was punished. If you'll remember, he couldn't speak until uh, everything was accomplished. And here Mary asks the same question, how shall this be? Well, when you stop and think about it, um, what God was going to do with Zacharias and Elizabeth uh, had been done numerous times, uh, starting back with Abraham and Sarah, and then looking at Isaac and Rebecca, and then Jacob and Rachel, and then you can look at Samson's parents, and you can uh, look at other ones through the Old Testament where uh, the wife was barren and God reached down. You can look at uh, Samuel's parents, uh, Hannah, uh, how that she begged God uh, for the son and, and with Eli there, and he blessed her. Uh, it just, this was not common what was going on, uh, or not uncommon how God would work, that someone would be barren and God would, uh, in later stages in their life, bless them with a child. That was not uncommon. And for uh, Zacharias to question Gabriel on this uh, was an affront because Zacharias knew the word of God. He had studied it. Uh, he had more access to it. The Bible tells us to whom much is given, much is required. And so um, Zacharias really should not have been asking that question. But here for Mary to be asking the question, how will this be? Uh, first off, I think uh, the Old Testament, uh, honestly, looking at it, it just hinted at what God was getting ready to do. You can look at uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It says uh, where God is cursing the serpent. Uh, God says this, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Uh, so there's just a, a slight hint right there. Something's going to be different with this person that's going to bruise the heel of Satan or bruise the head of Satan. But then you find uh, in Isaiah chapter uh, 7 verse 14 is probably the definitive verse on this. It says this, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And the Jews have been uh, twisting themselves into pretzels, uh, trying to work out of that verse right there. And, and I can imagine they had done the same thing in Mary's day. Nobody had had that happen. There wasn't a virgin that had ever conceived before. And how could this happen? And so for Mary to ask that question, for one, she didn't understand how this is going to happen. Um, but two, I think she asked it in the right, uh, with the right heart. Um, she asked it not demanding of God that he's going to do something or that he can't do something, uh, questioning his ability. She was just, I don't understand how this is going to work. And Gabriel goes on to say, with God, nothing is impossible. And I think she is one of the best examples to us uh, of how that 
with God, nothing is impossible. Uh, and, and God brought out her full potential, it, it appears to me, uh, because she was willing. And, and the response that she gave was, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. And she goes on to say, do with me what you will. Um, and, and so when we look at that and when we start considering that, uh, God used her in a great way. I mean, here was a young lady uh, who is honestly recognized around the world as one of the greatest figures in the Christian faith, the greatest figure being Christ. But then right underneath Christ, you've got Mary there. Uh, she's one of the most honored people. And even to the, the point of, and, and I've talked to several Muslims uh, that believe that we worship Mary, which uh, when you look at how some some people uh, treat her, they they really do, and it's not right. But um, she was greatly honored and is greatly honored, and she reached her full potential, you might say, because God had stepped in and did something so much more with her than what she could have done on her own. But how did how did this happen? Well, are we able to increase our our potential like Mary did? And I would say yes. Um, so how do we do that? Well, we need to be uh, we need to be already doing what we know we're supposed to be doing. Um, the Bible tells us, and I've used this verse uh, numerous times, but James chapter one, uh, chapter four, verse seventeen, it says this: Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. Uh, when we know we're supposed to be doing something and we don't do it, it's sin. And we've just got to keep that in mind. Uh, inaction is the one thing that Satan uh, wants to get us trapped up in. Um, he, he loves to get us to the point where we're, we decide to do something, but we don't ever do it. Uh, we make a commitment to do something but we don't ever do it. Uh, even last night in our Bible study, uh, in our Wednesday night Bible study, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter five talks about this. It's better not to make a vow at all than to make a vow and break it. Uh, so when we know we're supposed to be doing something, we better be doing it. Uh, and that's what I see with Mary. She knew uh, that this was the plan that God had used in most people's lives and this is how God had been working. And so this is the way that I'm going to, to work. I'm going to be a, a, a faithful daughter. I'm going to be a faithful, uh, uh, not fiance, but um, fiance. Uh, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And then as she was doing that, God stepped in and changed the plan. Uh, are we being faithful where we're at? even if God doesn't change the plan. So uh, the next thing that I see here is uh, we should be careful with our questioning of God. Um, oftentimes I hear people question, if God is such a loving God, why would he allow this to happen? And the questioning is almost accusational, uh, like an accusation of God uh, and not a, um, I just don't understand God. Can you please help me here? And even if God doesn't, help us understand what he's going to do because uh, who of us can understand God? We should still have that submissive attitude, but I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 55 verses eight and nine. It says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, in verse 6, it, it tells us to call on the Lord while he's near, or when he can be heard, um, because his ways are different than ours. And we've got to understand that and not be upset with him when he doesn't act according to what we think he should do. And I think that's most people's problem is that uh, they're, uh, they have a problem with God being God. And, and the problem is that they are not God. And that's where we've got to die to ourselves. So we need to be careful with our questioning of God, but we also, we must allow God to do with us what he wants to do. Uh, when we come to Christ, uh, we're coming as sinners, as people who have earned death, and asking for uh, his mercy and his grace, uh, just coming contrite like the, uh, the, the publican in the temple who said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, uh, or like the thief on the cross, God, rem uh, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Uh, that's how we should come. But most people don't come that way. Uh, but when we come that way, we've got to realize that we are his now. He has bought us. And when we come that way, we're, we're his to do with what he wants to do with us. And I'm reminded of what happened with Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse Nine, he is explaining about his thorn in the flesh. And he said, uh, he said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient uh, for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Um, I, I love how Paul puts that. If me being weak will exalt the power of God, let it happen to me that more power to God, uh, just that's a great thing. And I think oftentimes we don't think about things in those terms, uh, that maybe this problem has, God has allowed this problem into my life so that he can get honor and glory from it. Uh, we're often thinking, uh, God let this problem in my life. Uh, he must be mad at me. Yeah, it's not always that way. God was not punishing Mary at all. Uh, he wanted to show his power through Mary, and I hope uh, we will be willing to allow him to show his power through us by being weak and letting him be strong through us. So I hope that's a help and an encouragement to you, and until the next time, auf Wiederhören.